If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Stowe, what a kind of name is that? again. Uh, Anders Hurst is here. My name is Chuck Powell. It is time for another episode of Stove, our Mariners only off-season podcast and we've got stuff to talk about. It's been a couple of weeks yeah. since we've assembled the, the two-man team here uh, and excited to be back on with Anders Hurst yes. talking Mariners baseball. Yeah, Chuck, uh, thanks so much for having me back on, of yeah. course. And uh, yeah, we took a little bit of a break, but so did the Mariners from their offseason additions, but they're back on it now. That's right. Yeah. Um, they, of course, they're the only team along with the Dodgers that are making That's moves. what I'm saying. We're All of a sudden, we're the second most active team in baseball now. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, they listen to us once again. Uh, you know, we're gonna take credit for this. Yes, we will. I, okay. th- I think we put the idea into Jerry and Justin's mind that mm-hmm. uh, you know we needed a uh, second baseman with a little bit of pop, uh, switch hitters, help lengthen that lineup a little bit. Maybe, maybe a little bit of a liability defensively. But uh, the Mariners, if you haven't heard, I'm sure you have by now. If you're any sort of tuned into the sports scene here in Seattle, uh, the Mariners have acquired uh, infielder from the. Uh, Minnesota Twins, uh, Jorge Polanco, who Mr. Chuck Powell has been clamoring for for, yeah. for months. So uh, initial reaction to the acquisition. Well, obviously, I, I'm happy to have him on the team. I, I think he does help the team win now. Um, I've always been a pretty big fan of his. I agree. Um, he can hit from both sides of the plate. Uh, he hit 33 home runs one season, but that's not him. Um, we just had Dan Hayes on our radio show, uh, who covers the twins for the athletic this week. And he, uh, Bucky asked him point blank, how many home runs do you think he's capable of hitting? He of course, said, Bucky would ask that. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he said 25. I think that's generous, especially in this ballpark. Um, I think he's a, probably a 15 to 20, uh, home run season, as long as he's healthy, yeah. which we'll talk about coming up on the podcast. Uh, but he's a line drive hitter. I think that could be, you know, 18 home runs with. 38 doubles, yeah, uh, five triples, um, and he's a contact guy, doesn't strike out a lot, and you're right, doesn't play great defense, but I watched Perry Hill turn Gino Suarez from a bad defensive third baseman into damn near a gold glove yeah. third baseman, so I don't think he'll turn Polanco into a gold glover. He's not going to become Roberto Alomar, <laughs> but I think he'll make him better. Yeah. And, and he is a second baseman. You know, this is not adding to the log jam of utility players. Yeah. He's a starting second baseman. He is a top third of the order hitter. He hits from both sides of the plate, so you never have to sit him against a tough lefty or a tough righty. Uh, line drive hitter, warrior, really plays physically. One of the reasons for his injuries is because of how hard he plays, and sometimes they got to tell him to lighten up a little bit, yeah. Jorge. Uh, but I think he's a, a really good addition. It's one I wanted to make all offseason long, and so I'm glad that they went out. Now, did they give up a little too much? 
you know, Anders, I think you, if I think in Minnesota, if you're doing a podcast today, you're happy about the trade. Hopefully, you're not calling it stove. <laughs> I mean, not that we have sort of copyright infringement or anything, uh, but hopefully, you got your own creativity in in Minnesota. Yeah. But you probably think that you got a pretty good deal. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think I've been looking at this. I think this is a win for both sides, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gabriel Gonzalez is not nothing to give up. It's one of the top prospects in the Mariner system. He's a top 100 guy. Uh, he is third in the Mariner system after uh, Harry Ford and... Um, Cole Young. Cole Young, that's right, uh, the shortstop. So uh, it's, it's, not, it's not nothing, but I do think this was necessary. Um, to in order to get Polanco, and you know, you never know what prospects are going to turn out to be. I I, I think Hor- Ford's going to be pretty good. So luckily, you didn't have to give him up. Um, but I mean, what are the what are the chances that Cole Young or sorry Gabriel Gonzalez, the one he gave up, turns into what Jorge Polanco is now in terms of an offensive asset? And I think it's you know not a slam dunk that that's going to happen. So you're getting the sure thing that you know that has been. Uh, productive at the major league level, um, and even though you may only have one year of him, you have a chance to have two years of him. And if you really like him, you can extend him after that. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with all of that. I mean, on the surface, giving up a top one hundred prospect in the sport for a player with an injury, recent injury history, who is on—it's a one-year deal. You're right. You could extend him. He, you could pick up the club option, but he's going to have to have a really good season. Twelve and a half million dollars is actually. Pretty high salary yeah. for a starting second baseman. So he's going to have to perform this year, but to make that you know a no-brainer to pick up at the end of the uh, of the year. So on the surface, you know, I, I think that I felt you could get Polanco for a lot less than that. Okay. When I've been talking about him in past episodes of Stove, but where are you as an organization? You know, the Twins are trimming payroll. Yeah. Nearly everybody in the sport is trimming payroll right now. So the Twins are trying to compete while trimming payroll. Mariners are trying to compete while not expanding their payroll. But this is an organization that I criticized heavily. You did as well at the trading deadline for not recognizing that they had a viable playoff contender and not making a go-for-it move. Yeah. Not all-in, but a go-for-it, let's-get-into-the-playoffs-and-see-what-can-happen yeah. kind of move. So for all the Mariner fans, us included, that have been waiting for some sort of win-now move. This is it. This feels like a win-now move. And he's not hes not a great player. Right. Um, he's not a superstar. But it's something this team needs. But he definitely is an everyday player. It's not some platoon situation. Right. And you can hit him, as I said, in the, either one, two, or three in your order and he, I mean, he was hitting third for the Twins in the playoffs yeah. at the end of the year. That's a playoff team. And had a good playoffs, too. Like, yeah. really good. And Rocco Baldelli is, um, I mean, he, he missed most of the season. He missed the entire first half of the season with injuries because he tried to come back too quickly. But once Baldelli got him back, he was like, every day. You're yeah. playing every day. And they went 30-20 and 20 yeah. over their next 50 games and really made their push to get into the playoffs. So, good player. Good ad, and yes, maybe the Twins made a good trade too, but that's okay. Yeah. That's the game. Yeah. They're an astute organization. They know what they're doing over there, so you don't have to dominate every trade that you make. If they got something good and you got something good, good good for both teams. Well, and that's the reality of having to uh, improve your team via trade is you're going to have to give something up right. in order to get something in return. You're not just going to be able to get this player for nothing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there are very few deals where, you know, teams are obviously just trying to shed payroll and you can give up 
a, a pretty low asset because you're taking on a little bit of money. And the Mariners aren't even in the situation to be doing that right now. So uh, it's 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 something that I think, like you said, is a win for both sides in terms of value, I think. Uh, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do because, I, like you said, he plays hard. That's something I think this team needs a little bit, especially after losing a Jared Kelnick. Um, they need a little bit of that kind of juice. Yeah, exactly. That juice. It's a great term to use. Um, let's go over what we gave up in order to get him. So get, we already talked about Gabriel Gonzalez, kind of the main piece of it, um, a prospect uh, in the Mariners system, a top 100 guy. So a pretty valuable commodity the Mariners have. Um, also, Justin Topa and Anthony DeSclafani. Am I missing anything there? I think those are the uh, There was th- another minor leaguer, okay. but it's a lower level. It's like a Class A 23-year-old. Okay. You don't have a real bright outlook right. if you're a pitcher and you're still in low A baseball at age 23, 23 years old. Yeah. Um, so uh, so we, w- we won't focus on that part. But top 100 prospects, a top 100 prospect. Yeah. Uh, again, I'll reference Bucky. Um, he's not <laughs> at 6'4". 285. Yeah. Bucky's not real impressed by 5'10, 175, <laughs> and thinking that that's going to be a future stud yeah. in, your, in your lineup. But obviously, he has some skills. I yeah. have, I've not watched him play before. Uh, but I do, when you do see him repeated on all the lists, and these prospect rankers that do this for a living, they get better at this they every do. year. They do. They get more accurate. So when you see him, you know, on a lot of lists, then you know you gave up. You gave up a piece. I don't see Di Sclafani as a piece that we gave up. I mean, he was going to be a seventh starter at best, yeah. long reliever for you. Yeah. And you got to dump some of that salary. So you're really only spending $8 million on Polanco for this upcoming season because of the, the some of the Di Sclafani money you got to move. And then Topa... I like. Yeah, I do too. He's a he's a good pitcher. His movement was ridiculous. I mean, sick. Uh, the impression that he 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 made uh, with the movement on his pitches. Great sinker baller. Uh, but if there's one thing everybody should agree on, yeah. that the Mariners are good at, that is finding a live arm and handing him over to Pete Woodworth, <laughs> and Pete Woodworth turns him into a really. A really valuable bullpen piece. Yeah, they do it every single year, and so yeah, you got rid of Topa. But my guess is they'll find somebody else or two guys or six guys yeah. that they'll throw out there in spring training, and one of them will emerge and pick up the slack where Topa's leaving off. So I consider that at all times trading from depth when you move minor leaguers. Isaiah Campbell, not going to miss him. Right. Justin Topa, good, could miss him. But but I do believe it's the strength, believe it or not, of this organization. They do it this better than anybody else in the sport, and that is finding a live arm and then coaching him up, figuring out what he does best, and attacking opponents with it. And so I don't lose one wink of sleep over whether or not we can find another Justin Topa. Yeah, and and a lot of people were pointing out uh, in the reaction to the trade yesterday that, uh, you know, maybe this could expand some roles for people who maybe would have had a kind of more diminished role uh, in the bullpen. Someone like a Prelander Barua, who has a lot of upside. Yeah, he does. uh, Definitely kind of, you know, Kept on the down low for most of the season last year, but you know, with Justin Topa moving on, this leaves a spot for someone to fill in the bullpen. So 
uh, like you said, they're they're really good at finding these these players kind of out of nowhere. It seems like a lot of the time that just end up dominating in bullpens. So I mean, that's what happened with Paul Seawall. That's what happened with Justin Topa himself. That's yeah. what happened with uh, uh, you know Matt Brash. Matt Brash is another great one. Good it was call. A throw in on the Padres deal. Yeah, that was, that's right. That, I mean, that wasn't supposed to happen. Right and now, and now, I mean, that's that's the hard thing to find is the ninth and the eighth inning guys. Yeah. And I feel. I don't know about you, but I feel really good. I do too with Brash and Munoz. Yeah. Um, and so you know, you got Coar, who you added from the Royals. He throws a hundred, just the type of arm that they like to. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You like mold. to develop and yeah. mold. That's yeah. the right word. Uh, and then Vargas, who they got in the Geno trade. Right. Um, another 100-mile-per-hour thrower who has some major league experience and just the type of lump of clay that you hand over to Pete Woodworth <laughs> and let him let him do his thing. And and they're not done. I no. mean, we're going to talk more about what's left to do, but, I mean, there are still 100 free agents out there. Yeah. Um, and, and so they still have a, a lot of different ways to add to this bullpen now that you've subtracted Topa. Yeah, and you know, before we get to you know what's next for the Mariners, I you could argue that the bullpen's almost better at this point than it was last year because of those couple other pieces that you add. Even though you're losing Topa, who's who is a known commodity for us, but you could easily just get another one from those three or four additions that you got, and what would have seemed like kind of throwing to the other parts of uh, previous deals in the in the Geno trade and 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 so on and so forth. So I I am excited to see how this bullpen kind of shapes out because we're going to have a lot of new names on there and uh you know a lot of people go back to the seawall trade last year and like oh you know after seawall left the, the bullpen was not nearly as good i don't trust munoz da, 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 da. i think yes it we did lose a little bit when we traded paul seawall away but i still trust this bullpen and a lot of people don't realize that every other bullpen or every other fan base feels that way about their bullpen. Yes. They don't trust their bullpen at all. It's always going to be stressful. It's just the way it is at yeah. the end of the game. I think we Not still everybody, have. There's been one Mariano Rivera. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and by the way, just to correct those who yeah. apparently are revisionist historians, right? They were outstanding the month. They were after Seawald. What caught up to them is Munoz had never been used that much. Right. And so Munoz was bad in September. Yeah. Brash never was. Right. Brash actually got better as the season went on. It's true. Um, but but you're right. You pointed out Baroa. I mean, Trent Thornton yep. filled a role this past year and an offseason working with uh, Woodworth. Um, so I, they'll find somebody. I'm, I'm not worried about that. I'm not there worried about that. There are things to worry about on this roster. I'm not worried about them finding bullpen pieces, especially since you have eighth and ninth kind of sealed. Yeah, up. and one other kind of uh, fallout, I guess you could say, of this Jorge Polanco deal is now I think you have uh, Josh Rojas and Luis Rios in the like role that they should be in, right? And it seems like as of now, Jorge Polanco is going to be your everyday second baseman, and then those two are going to platoon yeah. at third base. 
That is what the platoon was meant for. It is not for. It is not <laughs> meant for a position where oh, we don't really have anyone here, so we're just going to platoon and hope we get the best out of two different guys. That's not really what's going on here. Those are two decent players that probably shouldn't be playing every day. But one's a lefty, one's a righty. Both play decent defense. I still think Rojas will play better defense at third than he I did agree. at second. And then you could actually kind of get the most out of both of those players in the right situations. That is what the platoon was meant for. I know a lot of people get a little scared about when we talk about platoons with the Mariners as we did it with a DH the last couple See, of years. But I, I, I don't get that. I mean, yeah. oh, these people, what did you think the Jerry DePoto invented the platoon? It's been around <laughs> since Leo flipping DeRocher. <laughs> I mean, the Los Angeles Dodgers yeah. do it to a fault, and yeah. they're the most successful team of the last 10 years. The Tampa Bay Rays have a budget of $14 and win every year. <laughs> and you want to know why? They platoon, platoon. everywhere. Yeah. So this is not some mirror, some concept like yeah. some snake oil salesman that Jerry DePoto is trying to sell to <laughs> Mariner fans. This has been around for a long time. So yeah. number one, I just completely just dismiss the platoon anger yeah. that took place here in the last year. Now, to your point, though, about third base, it certainly is a position that automatically you're thinking how do we upgrade that yeah and you'll be you'll be doing that i think all season long yeah and if this team's in playoff contention that's probably the first place you're going to look totally is there a third baseman on the market that we could trade for so we don't have to platoon but we also don't have to platoon right this is kind of a platoon plus because you're right this could be urias from the right side and it could be roas from the left side and but you could also use this as fuel like i'd set them both down on spring training this and is say, a competition competition is wide open boys we are giving you an opportunity like you've never had before and if one of you wrestles away more playing time from the other and becomes the everyday regular so be it and oh by the way don't sleep on dylan moore and don't sleep on tyler locklear who ripped up the fall league yeah. this past year so neither one of you has a safe job you know, I don't have to say that. I don't have to be that aggressive with it. But I am going to give them the the, the speech of this is probably going to be a platoon to start with, but you're going to dictate yeah. whether or not it remains that way. The two of you go out there and outplay the other. Yeah, go out there and have a season and force us to put your name in the lineup more frequently. So it certainly is going to. I mean, it's the nine hole right now. That's your ninth yeah. place hitter right now in the lineup and that automatically if you've got a platoon at the nine hole that's the first place you're going to look in season to where can we upgrade this team but think about that i mean i just saw a mock lineup on mlb network this morning of the mariners lineup now you don't have the uh, outside of julio you don't have the uh the superstar aircraft carrier yeah. as uh, dan o'dowd likes to put it <laughs> you know like the astros in their gold they have like three of those yeah guys. they do we have one yeah but your eighth place hitter according to this mock lineup is mitch hanniger yeah take it back a year and a half ago he was hitting third yeah he was okay yeah so eighth place hitter and your lineup is potentially mitch hanniger with rojas and urias hitting ninth yeah i mean it's not a great lineup but that's a pretty deep lineup with some depth Behind them. Behind them yeah. as well, which you did not have at the beginning of last year. Yes. Otherwise, Tommy Listell is not starting for you on opening Totally. Day. And, uh, that is 100% something I agree with. So this is something to look forward to for next year. 
Now, there is an exercise I want to play here um, with kind of the incoming and outgoing players right. uh, the Mariners have made. I like exercises. Yes. So I kind of posed this question to uh, Softy and Dick on the radio show yesterday. and Never they, heard of them. I haven't either. I don't yeah. know. It's, yeah. it's weird. Um, <laughs> so as of now, I think you can kind of put out the marginal names left and right, um, like the Justin Topas and, and others, but there's been four major incoming players yep. um, and then four major outgoing players uh, for the Seattle Mariners this year. I just want you to choose which group of four you would want on your baseball team, okay? Okay. Um, you have Teoscar Hernandez, Eugenio Suarez, Jared Kelnick, and Robbie Ray, okay? That's, oh, that's okay. one group. And then you have uh, Luke Rayleigh, Mitch Garver, Mitch Haniger, and Jorge Polanco. Which group of four oh would you rather have on your baseball team? Uh, I think the first one. Yeah. I, I If I'm being it's honest. Close. It's close. But obviously, whether we like it or not, and whether we buy it or accept it yeah. as the truth, obviously this organization was told by its ownership, you can't spend money. Right. And if you want to keep if you want to add to this team, then you're going to figure out some creative ways to do that. So from that standpoint, like the way that they manipulated this thing, because nobody else in the sports making trades, right? Nobody else signing free agents. No. Other than the Dodgers. <laughs> no, the way that they had to manipulate everything. It's not quite as cut and dry as those four, because yeah. that's, what twenty three million in Ray? It would have been twenty in Teo. Yeah, it would have been eleven, 11 in, Gino. in Gino. Yeah. So what's that? That we're up to twenty three, forty three, fifty four, and then Jared nothing. Yeah. So fifty five million. Yeah. For that versus Garver twelve, Hanniger seventeen. That's twenty nine. Sorry, sorry, podcast listeners. I'm doing all this off the radio top math. Of my head. Radio math. Uh, well, I'm I'm doing even the numbers. I'm trying to come up with yeah. off the top of my head. So that's 29. Polanco, that's 12. 12, 41. Yes. And Rayleigh's nothing. Yeah. So that's $14, 15000000 million. Difference. Difference in there. So that that plays in. It yeah. shouldn't have to. Right. I wish it, it didn't play in, but it obviously did play in. So do you think it was an option for Jerry DePoto to do nothing? And like for, in terms of ownership, do you think we could have rolled out the same exact payroll as last year? with the same team, was that an option or did he have to trim something? I think it was, but I think, as they said in the press conference before the poo hit the fan <laughs> about the salaries, yeah. before 54% was uttered, yeah. what was stated was we had a problem this year, and this is absolute truth, yeah. getting runners home from third base with less than two outs, not scoring with runners in scoring, not putting the ball in play. So they had to – their goal was to put a lineup out there of guys who put the ball and play more yeah. frequently and, and without sacrificing getting on base. Now, they're going to sacrifice some power in that. Yeah. You know, Mitch is not going to hit as many home runs as Teo. And Urias – Polanco's not going to hit as many as Gino. Polanco's not going to hit as many as Gino. And I don't even think Rayleigh will hit as many as Kelnick yeah, I agree. this year. I agree. Um, so something had to be sacrificed. But they what they did is they dropped the payroll and they added four hitters that fit the model that they felt they had to go to. Yeah. So a few eggs had to be broken 
to make an omelet. Yeah. So I, I do understand kind of the way that they went about it, and it's maybe not as dangerous a lineup, but it is going to put the ball in play more. Yeah. And it is deeper. Yeah. You know, what they've what they've assembled here. Um, and I think it has the chance to be better. I still expect the starting pitching to be even better yeah. than what it's been the last couple of years because everybody's so young. And they're developing, yeah. And they're still developing. So with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, so, yeah, I think that it's very strange because if you're just asking me to compare Pool A to Pool B, I think your Pool A was a more talented group of players. But Pool B might actually give you a better chance at winning baseball games. I think the, the best way that I can describe it is Pool A is more volatile, right? You could have some career years from those guys, and that could take a team over the top. But they could be also 2023, where you have a down year from Teo. Um, you know, you have Kelnick, who was an amazing April, a decent May, and then kind of falls off a little bit, especially with his injuries. Uh you have Gino, who, you know, he's going to come out every day, strike out twice, but maybe hit a double or a home run every single day, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's all or nothing with those guys. I think this group that we have now is, like, kind of what you were mentioning, more built for what our baseball team is. And it helps us win and have a more stable baseline. Um, and, and then we can kind of build off of that. Maybe, maybe you know, Julio somehow develops into an even better player. Um, maybe Polanco, you know, and he will develops into some some more pop into his game. Uh, yeah, I think it's weird because, like you said, it's more talented with the group that is outgoing. But I think with the guys that we have now, it's more suited to what this baseball team is trying to do and how we win baseball games. Well, that's 570 strikeouts. Yeah, going out the door. Luke Rayleigh does strike out a lot, though. Yeah, understood. But the idea of having Okay, so it's okay to have one Teo Hernandez if you have two Teo Hernandez. Right. Now you've that's four hundred strikeouts. And it's so they have five hundred and seventy going out the door. And then what else is interesting about your list that I would point out? You have one list that has three hitters and a pitcher who's not going to be available right. until the second half of the season versus four hitters. Yeah. And what were we saying all year last yeah. year? One bat short. So we added a bat. So you've added a bat. Yep. And now it doesn't feel, even though they could still improve at the corner, yeah. they could still improve in a lot of areas. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like there's some gaping hole. I completely agree. I actually, that is kind of what I was going to get to next is this group, we did exactly what we hoped. They traded from a position of depth, starting pitching, and they added in a, to a position of need, whether that's second base, whether that's outfield, however you look at it. The one kind of caveat I have, and you could say this for both of uh, each of the players from the group, A, Robbie Ray is not going to be available for half the year, so that takes a lot of value away from one of those sides. But You didn't trade away any of your young guys, though. Yes, but Mitch Haniger also is a very, very, very big question mark for how much he's going to play this year. Well, that's the negative part of all of this is the – 
even though we added these four interesting, more complete offensive performers yeah. compared to their predecessors. Yes. They also, all four of them, have injury histories. They do. Recent injury histories. They have had an issue with availability. And I think some of that can be managed. Yeah. Mitch Garver's not going to catch, but I'll bet you he doesn't catch 10 games. No. And I'm thinking more like five. Yeah. I don't think he's going to, because you're going to have three catchers on the roster. Yeah. And I don't want to hear about that either, because Garver's going to be your primary DH. He's going to be almost every day, I think, DH. Yeah. yeah. So you'll be a, not putting him behind the plate. You know, because he, you know, 25, 50 times a year like he did with the Texas Rangers. Yeah, how many games did he catch last year? I don't even know. Uh, But not having him behind the plate, even though he can catch on occasion for you in an emergency or probably, like I said, five to ten games. Uh, He can fill in at first some. He's going to DH most of the time. And because you have depth on your bench – you can give him a few days off here and there. So yeah. I think you can manage him better. He's he's probably going to go on the IL at some point. Yeah. But at least he won't spend half the year on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Rayleigh has got some injury history too. Yeah. And you know, really only had one good year that we're kind of banking on. And even, and even that has never been a full-time player. Right. So there's going to be some sort of platoon. I don't know if that's him and Dylan Moore. Uh, to start the year. Don't forget about Dom Canzone. Or, well, I don't think they're going to go lefty-lefty in a platoon, right. though. I was th- maybe more with the Mitch Haggerty. Haggerty, maybe yeah. it's Hag- Haggerty hits righties, righties better than Dylan Moore, yeah. which is a little secret that nobody <laughs> apparently wants to point out. Uh, uh, so Haggerty's still around there as well. Um, and, then, and then you've got Polanco. I'm just going to roll the dice and think to myself, all right, fluky injuries. He missed this past season. He had a knee they couldn't figure out why it was swelling up. Yeah. So he was on the injured list longer than he should have been. And then he rushed back and hurt his hamstrings when he wasn't ready to come back yet. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to chalk that up as I'm a little worried about it, but I'm not going to label him as much of an injury risk. Yeah. 30 years old. And you also, because, I mean, Talk about depth at second base. You got 15 people on this roster that can play second base. Moore, Haggerty, Rojas, Urias. I mean, Ty France has even played second base in the past. So you should be able to give Polanco a DH day. Yeah. A day, some days off, just to make sure he doesn't wear himself out. Based on what we heard from Dan Hayes uh, from The Athletic, uh, he said that you almost have to put restrictions on him. That Rocco Baldelli was so excited about having him back for the second half of the season that he played him every day, and he should have never done that. Yeah, uh, and so there will I think they'll be smart about not overusing him. So I'm yeah. not going to look at him as an injury risk. I don't either, to be but, honest. Yeah, but then there's Aniger. Yeah, and we've talked about this on the podcast. Who I just don't. I don't even think he'll play 60 games. I just don't have any faith at all. That that's why I think they still need another outfit. At least you can't bank on him playing 60. I mean, maybe yeah. he you know surprises you. And I am open to being surprised. I am as well. I totally am. But when yeah, he's I, healthy, he can play. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's one of the reasons why. I mean, they still are. High, they are high on Dom Canzone. I don't know what it is. Hmm. Uh, I think that could end up being a platoon. I agree. It or not. I agree. I think that's going to be something to watch going into next year. Uh, so that kind of brings us to what's next for the Mariners. Are they done? Can they do one more thing? Will they do one more thing? And where might that be? Well, you just gave away some bullpen, a bullpen piece. Yeah. 
We've already covered that I think they can make up for that. But it's still one down. They love adding bullpen arms. Uh, yeah, and that <laughs> and that can be found. And the way they do it, they'll find it cheaply. Yeah. So there's nothing to have to budget for. Right. They'll find. I think they can find somebody. Um, they just lost a little bit of starting pitching depth. I don't think Desclafani was going to be anything but that right. for this team. So they just he was lost another Marco. A little bit of I don't even think he was that good. Really, I don't even think he's that good. Okay, um, but okay, good comparison. A righty Marco, fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, injury concerns there as well. So, I mean, you 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 know you're going to go through eight to twelve starting yeah. pitchers in a season. So they probably need a little bit of starting pitching. But again, doesn't have to be that. Back end guy. Costly because right. your plan is to go with the five. Right. Um, and then I still think they need a corner outfielder as protection against Hanniger. I agree. And so you've got three weeks before spring training, you got a hundred free agents still out there. Um, I don't know if they'll make another trade. I think they may have spent their last asset. Um that they want to. Yeah. But I guess they're still involved in this Dylan C stuff, which I don't understand. So that, yeah, let's yeah. let's kind of let's open that up a little bit because I did see a lot of rumors that the Mariners were involved with uh, with Dylan Cease, um, and you know that kind of opens the door to you know what would they be giving up for him, and you know what else could we be getting in return? Is because I saw a lot of things about a three team trade between the White Sox, the the Cubs, and the Mariners yesterday, and I thought that's oh. what the news was oh. going to be, but it ended up being the Polanco deal, so. I just don't see how this works yeah, I don't and either. why they would even entertain this unless um unless they're picking up a they're really picking up a bat. Yeah. But if we're going to give up said pitcher and I don't even want to speculate who that might be, then we'd have to replace him with Cease. Yeah. So if that's like a I, I, the only I, it doesn't make any sense to bring on a guy knowing this organization doesn't want to spend any money that has maybe two years. I think it's just one. Yeah. And then he's a free agent. I think two. two? Let me look. Let me look. Yeah. Why would you trade a Woo or a Miller with five years of control between with both of them? And you have to spend more. And they're coming off better seasons. They are. Than what he is. And then you got to turn around and extend Dylan Cease in order to no, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so he has one more year of ARB after this year in 2025, and then he's free agent. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So two years. Oh, two. 2024, years. 2025, and then 2026. Okay. He's at UFA. All right. So two years. And he's a good. He's a very good pitch. He's a very talented pitcher. He's yes. much more talented than he is good. Yes. He's not the toughest between the ears guy that you're ever going to see, but he's got. Maybe the filthiest slider in the sport, yep. and he throws 95, 96 miles per That's hour. That's good stuff. So, I mean, if you added him, yeah, I want Dylan Cease on in my rotation, but I'm not going to give up Miller and Wu with all that control yeah. for him because, I, I mean, he wasn't even as good as they were last year, Yeah, and they're going to get better. The only thing is that I can think of is if it's a one-for-one, one, it doesn't make any sense, right, because you're giving up a – well, apparently they're asking for the moon and the stars. For Dylan Cease? Yeah. Yeah. The, the only way it makes sense to me is... If you add a bat into that situation. Like if you add an Eloy Jimenez or something like that. Or if you traded one of your top three guys, pitchers. Yeah. And now you're 
flipping. If like you moved a, they're not interested in no, Castillo. They're, they're not. rebuilding. If you moved a Gilbert or a Kirby, I don't even. I'm whispering this because I don't even want to say it out loud. <laughs> you moved one of them, and then you're saying, okay, we want Lewis Robert. Yeah. And we are also having to give up an offensive or a pitching piece, so we need to cease too. Okay. So give us both of them, and now we'll entertain a Kirby. And so let's 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 pose that question. Would you would you want that as a Mariners fan supporter? Um, we'll say Logan Gilbert or George Kirby. Take your pick. Um, and probably one prospect for Dylan Cease and Luis Robert. Yeah, you'd take it. Yeah, I would too. And I think Kirby's amazing. Yeah, but I think Robert's amazing. I do too. And Cease, you know, fills the gap. He does. I don't think he's as good as Kirby, but that makes a, you a better baseball team. I'd be clamoring to try and have it be Gilbert, and I love Logan Gilbert, but I still think uh, George here. Kirby's that guy. Uh, but, yes. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, that's the only way that I can even imagine that this has a foothold yeah. out there, that if some reporter out there got a little snippet, maybe from Dylan Cease's agent, yeah. that the Mariners are at, if it's not a bat, and it's not a big monster deal that includes Dylan Cease to make up for the Loss pitching talent that you have to give up yeah. in order to get Lewis Robert, then it doesn't make sense to me to add him to this rotation. I'm not trading any of the five guys I have straight up for Dylan Cease. No, I'm not either. Absolutely that includes not. Wu and Miller. Yeah, I agree. I'm not throwing him in to get Dylan Cease and just have him for two years Yeah, and then fight like mad to try to – Pay him. If by some way, reason, somehow, that you end up making a deal of that nature and you get, you lose maybe a, a Kirby or a, or a Gilbert and you get Dylan Cease and Luis Robert, I think that puts this team over the top, to be honest. I think that puts you into the World Series conversation. Um, that's how talented this group would be. I, I would see that puts probably your biggest hole, as you were saying, in uh, corner outfield. And you can live with the the platoon at third base. You still have a A plus pitching staff. Uh, you now have what you were calling earlier another aircraft carrier mm -hmm. in in Luis Robert and young one too. Yeah, and you have and him with for, a good salary what, four years, four more I years. I believe it's four. Yeah, yeah which is it's been a while since I've talked about him yeah. because it was hurting too much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah, I think it is four years. Yeah, and and that dude can play center field. Like he can play the outfield. He's not just like He's a bat first guy. Better than Julio, uh, really defensively. Wow, that surprised me because I think Julio's amazing at he center is. field. He yeah. is. That's not taken away from Julio. That's just telling Luis you Roberts that good. How good Luis yeah. Robert is I, defensively. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I I think you make that trade. That is that is a tough one to swallow because that is one of your big assets. But that would be the reason why you're talking to Dylan Cease. It's the only one I can come up yeah. with. If it is if it if yeah, if it requires you in order to get the big bat, and yeah. they really only have one worth getting yeah. in the entire White Sox organization. I mean, at the major league level. Yeah. Jimenez has unbelievable power, yeah. but he's just a fool. And he's like, a full-on DH. Like, he doesn't play the field. Oh, like, yeah. no, and doesn't yeah. even want to. Yeah. Doesn't even try to. No. You know, this is a guy uh, – Here's, I guess I'll tell this. Let's go. This is Eloy Jimenez. This is a 250-pound power hitter who thought – and going to go catch a ball over the wall that he could hang there on his elbow like Vince Carter on the rim. <laughs> Tore out his entire shoulder. 
Like this is this is what you're dealing with. Yeah. And Eloy Jimenez. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have mentioned that, but people need to know. We don't want Eloy Jimenez. <laughs> but we but Lewis Robert is a completely different story. Totally. I mean, that's it's, it feels like we're in fantasy world here, but I'm trying to make sense of why yeah. the Mariners would that's, be engaged with Dylan Cease. That's the only reason I can think of, to be honest. If you're mm-hmm. adding a bat on to that, so the the value you're giving up would be somewhat recuperated because you're getting Dylan Cease as well. So I mean we can dream. We can dream because yeah. I really don't think, I mean, as much as they love their young controllable arms and they haven't traded it for a piece that we think we should have earlier, it makes no sense why they would just be doing that for Dylan Cease unless they really, really like him. But even then, I still yeah. think they keep their guys. Yeah, I, w- I would too. So just to, and we can close with this. Yeah, Just to address like something that you said earlier, if you make this trade, now we're talking about a World Series yeah. contender. I think that you make that kind of trade and that makes you, that gets the analyst to talk about you yes. being a World Series contender. You know, I'm going to say this. I think this is a World Series contender right now. now. Okay, Coach, because this this is this is not. You don't have to have a top five offense. Yeah. When you have this good of pitching. Yeah. And once you get into the playoffs, pitching carries the day. Yep. I mean, the Arizona Diamondbacks came within two games, for goodness' sake, of the World Series because Brandon fought. <laughs> Turned into turned into a number two starter <laughs> yeah. right in time yeah. for the playoffs. Okay, yeah. um, and so I think that they're a playoff team. Okay, with this Polanco trade, I think, can they challenge for the division? Can can they win yeah. the American League yeah. West next year? Because I think the Rangers just go look at their starting rotation. Yeah, with John Gray as their number one starter right now. <laughs> I he wasn't even in their rotation right. at the end of the year last year. So I think, and and their bullpens pulled miracles way worse in yeah. the playoffs last season. Um, they can hit, they can absolutely hit, and they're probably not done. They're probably going to sign a yeah. free agent from the remaining pool. But yeah, I think the I, I they're not peerless, you know, as a team. And the Astros are again a little bit worse. Yeah, they, they've agree. done this steady decline. They're now on their way down for yep. three years, four years in a row. Thank God, getting a little bit worse. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, but I really do, you know, I really feel this way about this sport in particular. Just get into the dance. Yeah. And then they're built to make the postseason. I agree. And they were last year. Yeah. And you just have to ask yourself, had Colton Wong just been bad? <laughs> not and, awful. And not the worst <laughs> player in the league. He <laughs> didn't even have to duplicate three and a half. He didn't oh, even have man. to be one and a half. If four. he could have been 2022 Adam Frazier, that team is in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs <laughs> by a couple games. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're talking about a dangerous team in the postseason. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's no excuse for not getting in a year ago. But the way they've kind of restructured this thing, you know, health is going to be a huge concern. Yeah. Because of the four pieces that they've added. Um, but they don't have to be a top five offense. They just have to be eight to twelve. Yeah. They just can't be bad. Yeah. Offensively. The they average. just can't have stretches of two months without being able to hit. They can't have that. Yeah. Um, and I think that the lineup is gonna be deeper. It's gonna put the ball in play more and it's gonna create a little more havoc. Yeah. And as long as you as long as that creates runs yeah who cares how they come 
because the pitching staff doesn't need much. No, they don't. And one thing I'm going to be looking out for, this is how I'll end up my thoughts, but one thing I'm really going to be looking out for next year is how they start in the first couple months because the last three years it's just been just sluggish out of the gate. You've been just crawling and just – then you're trying the entire rest of the season to crawl your way back into it. If they can be a front runner for once, that would be so much better. Uh, It would give fans so much more hope – uh, the first couple months of the season, then you, then you kind of get that monkey off your back from the last year's PR nightmare. Thank you. So, so that That's would help so much. That's the one question I asked at the famous, infamous 54% yeah. press yeah. conference. I think I asked two that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I asked, uh, w- are you guys going to do anything differently in your preparation to avoid this horrible start that you've gotten off to three years in a row? Yeah. And Scott was angry. Scott got angry with me. He <laughs> leered at me. If nobody knows, he leered at me. He's like, we're not changing anything. Yeah. Like, we didn't get off that. We were kind of playing well in May. I'm like, no, you weren't. <laughs> like, you didn't start playing well until July yeah, again. Agreed. You know, so no, uh, you're absolutely right. And I'm, and if I'm an organization, I'm turning every stone. Why is this happening? Yeah. You know, are we really going to blame this as an organization on the friggin' marine layer? <laughs> because we're not hitting on the road either. No, and teams so, that come here seem to hit fine. Yeah. So, uh, you you know, you may not want to admit to maybe we're doing something wrong in our preparation, but I'd like to have the discussion because I, if if I'm running the organization, I am tired of being 10 games under 500 heading into June. Agreed. 100% agreed. So whatever we're not doing in April and May is probably because we're not doing something right in February and March. Let's fix it. Let's turn over yeah. every stone till we can figure out how to at least be a 500 baseball team heading into June. And and to be fair, I actually think a lot of that has to do with what we were talking about earlier with the volatility of the last couple years team where you have like some high-end guys, but you know they can go through some slumps. And if they do it all kind of collectively, that's what kind of leads to those slow starts. And maybe for those types of players, it's it's harder to kind of get out of the gate and then you kind of get into a roll of things in the middle of the season with a more contact heavy lineup mm-hmm. uh put the ball in play that that creates like i said more of a baseline so you can hopefully at least not have those deep valleys that you had uh last year so i i think in terms of roster construction that this team hopefully we'll see hopefully uh is not vulnerable to uh such a slow start out of the gate. I think any baseball coach yeah. would tell you that. Yeah. Like, um, you know, a team that puts the ball in play more consistently, an entire collection of players right. on a roster is less prone to prolonged slumps. Agreed. You know, and so if you have a team that, you know, is moving, look, you're right. Luke Reilly's going to strike out this year. Julio's going to strike out this year. They still have strikeout guys in the lineup. Yep. That's it's all over the sport, but it's going to be knocked down considerably. And I, and I'm hoping that that means there aren't as many of those prolonged droughts. I agree. Where you can't get a win. You know, that's, that's because uh, you just need a little bit of offense because your pitching will carry you the rest of the way. All right, that'll do it for this episode of uh, Stove. Uh, thank you, Anders. Yeah. Uh, good to get back together and talk about a real juicy trade with a lot of layers to that A lot that of trade. layers. 
multiple layers. It was like a lasagna tray. I was going to go parfait, You're but gonna that's go parfait? cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little more savory. I'm yeah. getting ready for lunch. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll do it again next week. Thank you for listening. Of course, uh, be listening to Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM from uh, 6A to 630P uh, Monday through Friday. You can hear Bucky, uh, Ashley, and myself from 6 to 10 Monday through Friday as well. Uh, we're almost to spring training the stove, um, but we got a lot of other – we got burners still on. Yeah, we do. There's an awful lot of recipes that can still be cooked up. So we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.